Good adventures, everybody. I'm Melissa Bonzak, and welcome to episode 105 of Books Cubed, the show where I chat with authors you should be reading. It is Thursday, October 14th, 2021, and today we're talking Kindle Avella, which is a serial service. We've talked about this before on the show. We're going to talk about it again. It is a fantastic way to read little bits at a time. So let's get right to it. And I'll see you after. Okay, I want to welcome K.J. Gillenwater, and I'm going to read her bio real quick. Uh, she has a B.A. in English and Spanish from a university whose name I'm going to butcher. What's the name of the university? <laughs> Valparaiso University. Where is that? In Indiana, Northwest Indiana. Ah, okay. And she has an MA in Latin American Studies from the University of California, Santa Barbara. She worked as a Russian linguist in the U.S. Navy. Aha, uh -huh, I see where some things are coming into the story that we're going to talk about. Spending time with the National Security Agency, and I had a friend who worked there, so we'll talk later. Doing secret things. And six years of, after six years of service, she ended up as a technical writer in the software industry. She's lived all over the U.S. and currently resides in Wyoming with her family, where she runs her own business writing, government proposals, and squeezes in fiction writing when she can. In the winter, she likes to ski and snowshoe. I've never done that, but I want to try it one day. In the summer, she gardens with her husband, takes walks with her dog, and explores the Bighorn Mountains. And she's written multiple books, but today we're going to start by talking about a new service that's out there called Vela. So welcome to the show. Hi. <laughs> so I want to talk about a new service called Amazon Kindle Vela. And actually, I think they don't use the word Amazon in there, do they? They just use Kindle Vela. Yeah, I think just Kindle Vela. You have a story called story? <laughs> The Genesis Machine. And you have 39 episodes out at the moment that we are recording this. So, episode. What what does it mean by episode? Well, I think in the world of serialized fiction, you have a little bit different of a reading experience. Um, serialized fiction, I guess you could say, is like the soap opera of the book world. Um, the episode idea is that they're supposed to be maybe shorter than a book chapter would be, snappier, um, and that's supposed to kind of have cliffhanger-style endings, sort of like um, a little TV show would have, you know, at the commercial break. That's kind of how I viewed it. So um, I think that's kind of the difference with Vela versus just a regular ebook. Yeah, and uh, it's it's been out. I think it premiered mid July. July yeah, mid July. Mm -hmm. I think July sixteenth, maybe something like that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've lost track now. So your story is called the Genesis Genesis Machine. I can speak, and it has been high up in the charts. And people, when they read, they can give a thumbs up at the end of the episode that they've read. They can follow the story. And once a week, they can crown a series that is their favorite. I think it's, um, I think Mondays, maybe. Is it once a week that they do that? I think, it, I think it reboots on Sunday. So I think Sunday is when everything kind of gets tossed away. And then maybe a Monday starts again or something like that and i think you can only give a crown if you have purchased an episode versus using free tokens or the free episodes so there's a little bit of a twist there yeah yeah amazon if you are not familiar at all with fella uh, you go to your kindle app or your ipad app 
on your phone or iPad, or you can go to Amazon.com. I think it's slash Kindle. I'll find it and put it in the show notes. And you can read stories, and they will give you 200 free credits, and you get to read the first three episodes of a story for free. And then for every 100 words, you pay one token. So stories tend to average 8 to 15 tokens, it seems, per episode that I'm that I'm seeing. Do you think that's about about right? So for you Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen too many episodes that are super duper long. When I've seen the longer episodes, it's usually authors who put a lot more into the first three episodes, I think, to just draw people in. But for the most part I think you're right. I think that they stay usually under two thousand words from what I've seen. Which is a nice chunk. Like you said before, it's like watching a TV show and it's that little chunk you get in between the commercial breaks. Yeah. Yeah, and they always end on a little cliffhanger cliffhanger to bring <laughs> you back after that commercial break. And that's what the Vela episodes are doing. So tell everybody a little bit. The Genesis Machine is science fiction. So yeah. tell everybody a little you can't really you can't read unfortunately because Amazon doesn't want anybody getting these episodes. Uh yeah without paying for them, uh, but you can tell everybody about it. Sure, um, I guess I found out it's called a techno thriller. Um, it's science fiction, it's kind of near future, and when you put those two things together, that you have a techno thriller. So um, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm some like computer guru that's writing about some you know crazy techie thing. Um, so my story is about a Navy linguist, oh, surprise, surprise, um, who also was a linguistics major in graduate school. And she drops out of graduate school because she's disappointed in her academic pursuits and decides to just fling herself into the Navy because she enjoys learning language. And when she graduates from the language program, she gets recruited to this mysterious organization called NCISA, and the A stands for alien. Um, and she's not quite sure why they wanted her. She was a Russian linguist and now she's flying off to DC to figure out um, what this is all about. And it kind of goes from there. Um, there are some alien pods involved that are landing in bodies of water around the United States um, and nobody knows why. Uh, and she gets drawn in there for her linguistics capabilities so that she can translate some sort of strange text that they've found on one of these pods. And how often uh, do your episodes uh, show up on the app? Right. So I update my story twice a week on Sundays and Wednesdays. So there'll be a 40th episode tomorrow just for you, Melissa. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And I will have 40 tomorrow, and there's a lot more to come. So I just keep writing. I've got a lot more story to go, uh, a lot more twists to come. In fact, it's starting to get to a really fun part soon. So um, I just keep cranking them out. And that's kind of how a lot of the authors are doing this, that the idea of serialized fiction will sort of be um, an of-the-moment written piece rather than a book that has been maybe taken a year to write and put together and you know edited and looked at a million times and then put out there. Um, the Kindle Vela writers seem to be doing it more um, with a flair, kind of right at the moment, um, writing as they go, usually with a plan in mind. But um, anyway, it's just a little bit different experience for readers and for writers, to be honest. 
Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, I'm participating myself. Uh, I won't talk much about mine, but I, I noticed that I, I belong to, um, I think that's how we met, a couple of Facebook and Clubhouse groups yeah. that talk about Vela. And I see a lot of new writers really struggling with the format. They are so used to the idea of writing a chapter. You know, a chapter is a chapter, and then you... Uh, you, uh, you, you, like you said, you write the whole thing, and then you have somebody edit it, and then you think about it for a while, and then it eventually gets out there in the world. And uh, what, what do you think? And I see a lot of them really struggling. So, what are if somebody is thinking about writing in this in this format? What is are some suggestions? Since you've got forty episodes under your belt now, yeah. <laughs> um, what were the, some things that you would suggest to these new writers coming into this mm-hmm. new serial platform? Yeah, you know, I think it depends on what kind of writer you are. Um, And not that you can't do it if you're a certain kind of writer, but it might be more difficult. So I, as a norm, tend to underwrite my books. I tend to have short chapters. I also kind of um, have a lot of action in my other normal print books. And it just so happened that this one story had been sitting on the back burner for years and years. And I just instantly knew that it would work because of the, not only the the story, but how I had written it. So if you want to get into Vela, you really need to think about constant something happening. You know, there isn't a lot of time for tons of exposition. I think that would slow things down. Um, so you always have to look for a way to kind of give them a little bit and make them want more. Um, So, you know, I think some that are struggling are used to having very long exposition. That's not everybody, but some. Um, And those were some of the ones I read. You know, I think they made very long episodes at the beginning. But I think you need to be able to hook people in at the very, very beginning. Tell them exactly what this is about. And don't try and give them something um, different than what you advertise. So I think the tags are very important. Be honest about your tags. Don't just slap tags on there that, you know, the different categories, I guess you call them like romance or um, twists and turns or enemies to lovers. There's all different kinds of tags. I think it's very important to the first couple of tags should be really narrowed down to exactly what your story is so that you don't surprise somebody um, with what the content is. And that way you get the readers reading your first three episodes that truly want to read what you're writing. and. I think um, when I first entered the serialized fiction world, I had been told, oh, well, it's all romance. Those are the popular stories, romance, romance, romance. And I don't have romance as the first tag on my book. In fact, it's not the main category of my book. I thought I'm gonna go out there and be super honest. The second tag on my book is military because she's Navy. And I know that I have some military terminology right in the very beginning. And I just don't want someone to read an episode, the first episode, where I'm throwing terminology at you and then be turned off. So that's kind of what I would recommend. Short, snappy, be honest. Don't try and think, oh, well, this is the top rated story. So I'm going to use their tags. And just be honest. You want to find your readers. And at the moment, unfortunately, uh, when you go to an author's, uh, fa- uh, excuse me, the Amazon page, uh, they don't list the Kindle Vela under your books, unfortunately. Well, you know what you do there? You know what you do there? <laughs> so my workaround was I've had my blog attached to my Amazon 
author page. And I just left up my very last blog post was about my Bella story. So I thought, at least when you go to my author page, it's right there. And I'm just leaving my blog kind of alone for now until that's, they do uh, something to update that. That's a good idea. I know that if you look up someone's name and if they have a Vela, it will be listed among their books on the page right. before you click on the author's name. I don't know why they're doing that. Uh, there's, this has been a very slow rollout. They started yeah. in the U.S. The U.S. really doesn't understand serial fiction. It's really big elsewhere in the world. Yeah. Uh, I think that once it goes worldwide, uh, authors will see a spike in readership. I see a lot of people complaining right now that there aren't a lot of reads for their their stories, but but it's just in the U.S. And I think a lot of people, I'm having to explain to a lot of people what Vela is. Right. Though I was out for lunch the other day, and the waitress uh, is a friend and she asked me, what have you got that's new? And I said, well, I've got a Vela story I'm writing. And she went, oh, yeah, yeah, I know Vela. She said, yeah, oh, you really? can get I said, really, what do you know about it? And she said, oh, you can find it on your Kindle app or your Apple app, or excuse me, or your iPad app. And you can find it if you go to the Kindle, the Amazon site. And I'm like, wow. So I was really happy to hear that she knew what it was and, and she'd heard of it. I guess she'd gotten some emails from them. So they're starting to roll out oh, yeah. some uh, advertising for it which is good um, right yeah there's there's a, besides yours there's a lot of good stories that i've been finding um on me the, too yeah there's it, some really neat stuff on there um and i'm kind of enjoying i found i like the serialized story kind of better than a book um i don't tend to sit down and read for long periods of time anymore. Um, I don't know, I've just gotten out of the habit. I guess as I get older, I just have too much going on to just sit there for an hour and read. So it really works well for me to open up my phone while I'm waiting at the dentist and I can read just one episode because they're short. Most of them are short. You can read it in like two minutes and then you're kind of left with this idea of, ooh, I gotta go back and read some more when maybe I'm waiting somewhere else. Um, and it does a good job. The app does a good job of letting you know when there's new episodes. If you follow the story, I'll get a notification that I have a new episode and it kind of stays around for like a day, I think. Um, and so it'll just pop up on my phone. I'm like, oh yeah, I remembered I liked that story. And then you can just go back and read the next episode when it suits you. So for a certain kind of person, I think it's actually a kind of a neat way to read. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And yeah, I seem to have less time to sit and actually just read. And I just got a, a Jules Verne, all of his stories in one book. So I wanted to reread them all. Mm -hmm. And I picked it up today and I read one page and I thought, I have all this stuff I've got to get finished. I, I can't right? sit and read. I can't. Uh, and I just, that's all I want to do. Uh, but yeah, but I found that, yes, just picking it up and getting the notification. So make sure if you're following any of these stories, everybody listening, that you <laughs> follow the stories, that you hit follow, and that you will get a notification when the new episodes are out. Have you noticed, and you got 40 out now, so have you noticed that you'll have days where people will, all, you'll just have huge numbers of reads and you think it's people finding your story and just binging all of the episodes? Yeah, so that's a lot of times that's what happens. Um, I do have quite a few followers. I don't know who's following me or why, but I love it. So my assumption is when I see this binge and I will see somebody just pick it up and read it all in one day, everything available, like, you know, which is, like I said, 39 episodes, they'll read almost all the way to the end. 
um, in one day. And so I think those might be followers that have flagged my book and came back. And then I will also see a lot of activity, mostly on the weekends, a lot of times on Sundays for some reason. People are reading late into the night on Sundays. Um, and it just it's interesting to see the data. You get really instant data um, on each episode. And so I kind of like my own little statistics. I like to see how many people read episode one and then how many people read episode two. And it's an interesting breakdown of, you know, one out of four people read episode two, and then you get to episode three. Oh, it's, you know, another percentage of those people. Um, and every day you add followers. But yeah, I see people binging quite a bit rather than just doing one little episode, waiting for the next one, one little episode until you get to the end, then you're kind of having to wait. Yes. And it's Tuesday. And like you said, um, there's a new episode tomorrow. So I'll be very happy to read while I'm making my tea. (laughs) And I was just thinking I I might go back and reread the entire thing because I've been reading since almost the beginning. So how many okay. episodes did you have to start? I had 24 episodes on opening day and it was really just luck because I had just been scheduling them for several months and then they opened the store. And I think that's what helped me at the beginning get visibility because I had so many episodes to read. And then I found out that the free coins they give you plus the three free episodes would get everyone to about episode 22 or 23, which is almost everything I had. So that was kind of really cool. And I think it helped me out um, to have all of those available on the first day. I must have found, I must have found you on the first day. Uh, I remember going through yeah. and just sitting and looking through everything um, because I knew I knew your story when I knew when I met you on Vela. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, maybe maybe I mentioned it. Oh, not Vela, first. on uh, Clubhouse. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure how people found me. I think yeah. I got lucky also that um, the very first week they put me in the um, featured stories list, but I was on the very last page. So you know it wasn't what? like I... I was right there when you opened it, but people scrolling probably found it that way. I don't know. I think that that must be how I found it because I did scroll through them all because I oh, wanted to see that's... what was out there. You know, it was very okay. exciting. We'd been waiting for months and months for it to start. And, you know, yeah. you heard people talking about that they were going to be doing it, but nobody really knew what it was going to look like until it was out there. Not even the writers. <laughs> Not even the writers. And so <laughs> so you can, as you're reading the episodes, at the very when you finish an episode, you get to the very bottom, there'll be something called author notes. And the authors will include behind the scenes things or what they were thinking about when they wrote, um, maybe things they left out. It, was, it depends on the story and the, and the writer. They're all different. Everybody gives something different in those author notes. But unfortunately, at the moment, people cannot comment. I'm okay with that. Are you okay? Well, for one, I think I use the author notes poorly. I really, I don't really understand how to best use them. So I've been kind of like messing around with them. And I think the most useful one is probably after episode three, because that's the last, you know, free read, really, once the free tokens disappear. So I I think I tried to put some little sales thing in there. But I don't want comments because I've seen how comments can go bad. You know, I just think about um, bad, like people that jump on to reviews on Goodreads and dump trash somebody's book and you know, kind of like the girl gang thing. And 
Um, I don't really need to get that type of feedback. I think the feedback for me is purely opening up my data and seeing someone binge my episodes. That is like the most thrilling thing ever to see someone just boom, boom, and spending money on it. I mean, these are people that aren't just using free tokens. You know, you see like your five cents add up um, to a dollar in one day or something. And that makes me feel like I must be doing something right, you know? So I wish more people would write reviews because you can, but I get that it's kind of odd to write a review for something that's still going. You know, it's not a finished product, so it's a little odd. Yeah, yeah, I agree too. Yeah, well, I suppose then if uh, if you're listening and you want to write a review about what you've yeah. read so far, you know, you can do that. But yeah, it is strange to write reviews as something is still going on. That is kind of strange. Now, if they did write the reviews, would you be reading those? Um, yeah, because I did. You know, I started looking around for stories that had reviews when I saw that. And I'm like, oh, look, they've got, especially when they had more than one. I'm like, how did they get six reviews? You know, so I would want to see what people had to say. So for me, it was interesting. Um, I guess you could also just do a starred rating without a written review. You know, you could just give it stars, um, something like that, I guess. But the one for the first review I got was really kind of cool. Um, it's from someone on Instagram that started just a specific Vela review page. And she kind of reviews your first three episodes. So is it interesting? Did it hook me? Um, what did I think? And she just leaves it there so that you can decide for yourself if you want to check out the first three episodes, which I thought was kind of a good way to do it. Because if it hooks you, it hooks you, you know. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And if it does hook you, you're going to get those free tokens. Because once you've read through three, if you haven't if you haven't claimed your free tokens, Amazon will ask you, would you like to get your free tokens? Yes. Get and your free tokens. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, I, I um, once I my once my free tokens were were gone, I spent them rather quickly. Uh, I quickly purchased a bundle. They have bundles, different prices. Yeah. I can't remember what the prices are, but I'll look them up for the yeah. most current and stick the notes in, in stick them in the show notes. And just a little tip to readers: it you get more if you buy directly on the Amazon site versus within your iOS app. That's what I've seen. Because if you buy within the iOS app, they have to give their cut to Apple. And if you buy it directly from Amazon, you get a few more tokens, from my understanding. Ooh, well, I will look into that and leave yeah. um, and tell you in the show notes. That's a great idea. That's a great tip because I am getting oh, down yeah. uh, in my, I was going to look to see, but I don't want to have to fiddle with my phone. Uh, mm -hmm. I think I only have a couple hundred tokens left and I'm reading five or six stories. So oh, I'm... Yeah, this week I'm I'm gonna and you know it's it's yeah it, it makes it much easier to read it read an episode while I'm waiting for the toast to pop up or oh, while right. the oven is preheating and and yeah it um it it I li I really like the experience of uh of the episodes and I, I was a huge TV watcher growing up as a kid and so Me too. um you know I, I loved that those those ten fifteen minutes you know in between the commercials where you had that story going on. And then there would be a commercial, you'd run to the bathroom or get a snack real quick and go running back for more. And that's, um, 
that's very much the feeling uh, yeah. with these. And I know anybody listening who doesn't live in the U.S. is laughing, going, you morons, we've had this for years in our country. <laughs> and uh, welcome to the party kind of thing. Right. Um, and I know we do have um, Wattpad and Radish. Is that the other one? I think. Yeah, there's a few others, but I think Radish is probably known in the U.S. where some of the others are more Asian-based. I know there's one in South Korea and a couple of others that I've heard of, but mostly Asian countries. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I, when you mentioned romance, I think Wattpad was very um, YA, young adult, yes. and I think Radish is romance, isn't it? I think it it might be all romance, but I'm not too sure on that. Um, I never tried. I was on Wattpad for a while, but um, I didn't like that experience as much because you're buried in a bunch. I mean, just loads of stuff. And right now in Vela, I think there's about 9,000 stories. So I feel as if you can be seen. I feel as if the good stuff actually is read. Whereas on Wattpad, it was so much good, bad, and the ugly that it was hard for people to find you. So yeah, and I'm I kind the, of enjoying this small pool. Yeah, and, and I think the quality of the stories I'm reading on, on um, Vela yeah. are much better than what I read on Wattpad. Agreed. Um, but yeah. I'm... I'm it's been a lot of years since I, I read on Wattpad. I think the thing that from, yeah, for me, the thing that, that was tiring was that they wanted you to keep commenting on other people's, on everybody's stories. So if you wrote on Wattpad, they wanted you to not only write on there and have lots of episodes, but you mm -hmm. had to spend a lot of time um, talking to other people about theirs and making mm -hmm. notes and, and um, uh, if, if I recall, that was you would highlight sections and then discuss those sections. And uh, I and, don't know. There were so many features that I probably didn't use. I, I just kind of used it as an incubator for fun. You know, I just put some short story on there and just to be inspired. You know, more than looking to find a huge audience. But you're right. I think the quality on Vela is a lot better, and I think that's because it started out as a a money-making endeavor for authors where Wattpad was really started out as a free-for-all you know anybody could post and this you're trying to gain readership because you want to get paid <laughs> so a little bit different drive so you want to put out a good product you know yeah and at the at the end of the day as much as we like to call ourselves artists we do like to eat we do like to pay our rent <laughs> and um yeah you know occasionally drive our car places and and that all costs money and so um so yeah if you can if you can buy episodes and support authors that's just that's so huge it, it helps Honestly, them so it's much so cheap people it's so cheap you can read thousands of words for free before you ever have to buy an episode if you get the free tokens i mean and then when i look it's you know like five or ten cents an episode so just pay as you go you don't yeah. have to buy a book hate it and then go why did I waste four ninety nine on that? You can stop if you don't like it. Don't put any more ten cents. Move on to the next. So yeah, exactly. And I, I read half of a story, and I spent my two hundred credits doing that, and I got halfway through the person's book, and uh, I thought, well, that's when I bought more. <laughs> so I got to find out what happens next. <laughs> so <laughs> right, and then you know you really like it. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think it's um. I'm really happy about it, and I, I see a lot of um, authors, which makes me sad. I saw a lot of authors uh, talking about how they gave it time, and they're done, and they're they're getting yeah. out of it because it just didn't do anything for them. And I'm thinking, 
It's been Dude, like two months. It's been two months. And this is like a month ago people were saying yeah. this. I'm thrown in the towel. It's like, right. dude, there's only 9,000 stories out there right now. 9,000. There's 9 million or more on Amazon. You are right. so easy to find right now. You know, right. it's, um, it's, it's, it's the best time to be involved with this. Is right I mean, now. Somebody, somebody described it in one of the groups on Facebook, and then I kind of understood. And maybe it's because I'm not a super successful author. <laughs> but some of these people, that's their absolute living. They have no other income, but they're writing, and they have a lot of success with their ebooks. And perhaps they're in KU, or maybe they're just, you know, putting out ebooks every other month. And they know how much money they can make off those ebooks. And I don't think they have the time to waste monetarily. And I'm not that person because I'm actually doing the best I've ever done as an author with this story on Vellum. And part of it is due to the bonus structure that they've created that is incredible. But just the reaction that I'm getting and the ease with which I can make a dollar or two on any given day, it's turning out to be more lucrative for me personally. So I think I can understand some of these authors that are used to generating a lot, a lot of income from a single book. And I am not that person. <laughs> I've never been that person. I've had to for every sale. So, you know, it's nice to finally feel noticed and um, have somebody really enjoying you at a level that I don't remember having with my other books. So maybe Maybe that's what it is. Well, I can understand that. I can understand that. Uh, but people who think that they were going to become, you know, famous yeah. and rich on right. Vela instantly, right. you know, I, the first week people were complaining that they didn't have reads and they were throwing in the towel. I thought, it's yeah, I assumed that was people that had never written a story before, perhaps a lot of them, you know, that um, never were able to complete a novel and saw this as a way to motivate them to complete a novel and really thought that writers make piles of money. I, I mean, that sort of is what I thought, because if you've completed a book, and I've done many, you know that you can complete a bubble story. I mean, I know I'm gonna have a beginning, a middle and an end, and I know that I can keep it going. And it could be that some of them, you know, maybe choked a little bit, scared them a little bit. Um, and when they didn't see the return that they wanted, they didn't have the patience to wait. But like you and I, I mean, we've been writing a while and you're just kind of out there. It takes a lot of work and effort to get a book out the door. Um, so, you know, you, you kind of have a different attitude, I think, if you've been there, done that. Do you think that uh, since you put out two episodes a week, do you think this yeah. is pushing you to write more than you would if you were just sitting down to write a novel? Well, yes and no. I, I'm trying to stay ahead as far as I can so that I am never under the gun. Like, oh my God, I have to put something up. Ah, you know, I don't want to be that person. However, I had to set aside a, another book that I was writing, like a regular book, in order to keep the level going with this story. So what I do is I write as much as I can in just a plain document. And I don't even think about where I'm going to break the story or any of the episode ideas. So I just dump everything in there and just keep going, 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 going. And then once I feel like I just don't have any more to write, 
then I'll go back and find out how I want to break it up into episodes and you can kind of figure it out. Sometimes I do it naturally without even realizing. Other times I kind of have to add a little more here and there. And then, you know, I start scheduling all my episodes. So it's a different way of writing and um, it's, it's just, it seems faster because I don't have to focus on this completeness of a book. It's kind of a weird thing to say, but this story idea originally for me was maybe going to be some kind of series. I just had that feeling a long time ago. And that takes effort to build like three books that are in a series that have these arcs and endings and character progressions. And when you're doing a Vela story, it can be really long. It can go off on tangents. Um, I can go forward in time, backward in time. I can follow a single character if I want. So there's a lot more freedom to go in any direction I want and end it whenever I want to keep it going as long as I want. So I think that's actually freed me up in many ways and made it easier. Now, you talk about research that yes. you uh, you do now. You you were you did work for NSA and and you were in the Navy, was it? I was in the Navy. I was a Russian linguist in the Navy. Russian so linguist. So alignment. There. Yeah, that that really works out to be uh, to really help you. So you don't really have to sit down and try to. I mean, you can't really tell us how much is is really taken from your day to day life working in the Navy and working for NSA. But it probably helps you overall with the story. I mean, you can you can fudge accurately here and there right. for things that you know, that you may have to create on your own or have kind of taken from things that have happened. So I'm right. guessing that you made up some of the alien stuff. <laughs> yeah, maybe some of that I made up, yeah. <laughs> what What's always bothered me about movies and TV shows that do um, anything to do with top secret or anything like that, they just do stupid things <laughs> that would never really happen. And so it wouldn't be allowed, you know, just would, wouldn't be allowed. So part of my, I, my thought process was I, I wanted to make it slightly more realistic. And I do take some license because communication has to happen outside of a secure facility, you know. But some of how the building is set up and um, some of how they have to interact or work within a building, I just wanted that to be more real. I didn't want it to be fake, you know? So I, I think I made it a little more um, realistic in that sense. And I've heard that back from some of my friends who've been reading it, even my own mother has said, oh, it's so interesting because they feel like they're kind of getting a window into what it was like for me, you know? But it only is from a, a fictional sort of perspective, but that was kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to ground it more in reality. But as far as like researching goes, um, Sometimes I get really caught up in a topic and I enjoy researching the heck out of it. And then it ends up, you know, kind of starting the idea for a book. And in this case, I brought so much with it from my own experience that the research aspect becomes more like um, locational um, maps, street views. You know, if I put them in a place or a location, um, having to kind of do that on the fly. Uh, which I think is pretty normal for a lot of writers to do. Um, but beyond that, I just kind of do it as I feel. Um, <laughs> I 
more in my brain than I realize. So things that I've picked up over the years that are interesting to me, I don't know. But um, I'm sure you understand as a writer that sometimes just things come out of your mind about a character or what's going to happen. And you don't really know where it came from. It, it just appears on the paper. So yeah, I do a little bit of back research if I have to fix something. But I think for the most part, it's it's grounded in enough of my own experience um, that I don't have to sit there and look it all up all the time, you know. Have you, I got to ask, have you in your in the I forget which episode it was, but they go to North Dakota, they go to Devil's Lake. Yeah. Have you been yeah. there? No, no, but in fact, I because there was a very specific reason at the beginning when I started this book, why I put things in certain locations, you know, the opening scene was there specifically for a reason. And that kind of changed. So I just already had North Dakota on there. And then I knew that I needed to have some kind of military facility nearby. And I knew there was an, a base in North Dakota. And so I just started looking on a map for like a body of water, really. And here, lo and behold, Devil's Lake. I'm like, well, that's cool. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, sometimes you fall into things that you never in really planned on. And it actually makes for kind of a cool story because the name alone was just so attractive to me. Yeah, the uh, we uh, my husband was military and we were stationed in Grand Forks and used to go to Devil's Lake to go oh. fishing all the time. So <laughs> I was really excited to see Devil's Lake in the oh, story. Funny. Yeah, oh, the um, the lake. I tell you, it, uh, in the winter the ice is really thick, and when we go ice fishing. You know, you could drive your car out on the ice and it wasn't an issue because it oh, wow. was, you know, feet thick. And one day my husband is out there pre-cell phone days, unfortunately. And this guy, Devil's Lake had been increasing in volume over the years. So it was, it was, it was, the lake was getting bigger and you were losing land to the lake. So this guy decided to move his house from one side of the lake to the other. So it's a two-story house on a flatbed truck across the oh, lake. The ice. That's a story in itself right there. Yeah, it's crazy. I used That's to crazy. I used to make cool. I used to make my husband take everything out of the truck. It was this old um forerunner. I'd make him take everything out that was valuable and I'd tell mm. him if it starts to go through the ice, just jump out too. <laughs> <laughs> like, and he's like, well, and he came home. That's a weird coincidence that you yeah. have been there. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Crazy. But mm -hmm. it, it didn't. I mean, it felt like it felt like you were talking about Devil's Lake. I, reading yeah, well, it, I didn't. Can do I didn't. A lot with Google Maps and YouTube videos. <laughs> so, so before before we go, because uh, yeah. I've kept you for ages and ages here, I got to ask you. Mm -hmm. So, uh, as a writer. We love research and we can't always go places and we love to, I don't know, go on trips and check things out or mm. even buy ourselves crazy things like uh, I have mm. this wonderful green screen behind me. Mm. <laughs> anyway, so uh, what is your favorite purchase that you used money for for your writing career? Oh, wow. Probably my iMac. <laughs> I love that thing. It's got like a mega screen it's huge massive screen uh the biggest one i could get the fastest processor i could get um and i love that because i can get vellum vellum um not vela but vellum and it's only available for macintosh users and it's a way that you can create print books the interiors you know the print book and the ebook and format it like a breeze 
And I am so glad that I ended up using a Mac kind of by default um, and then found out about this program so that, well, then I could say that would be my, one of my best purchases is Vellum. We'll add that on there too. Uh, <clears throat> but the other tool that I really enjoy as an author is Bookbrush, just for making ads and graphics for my newsletters. Um, I've even made a cover in there. So, and it's super cheap. I mean, to me it is, if I can just go on there and download a bunch of, um, you know, graphics all in one day, because some of them you can just set up and do automatically with your book cover included. And so that that has been a ton of fun. Um, before Bookbrush, I was trying to make things like in Photoshop, because I have Photoshop on my iMac, and I'm not that great at it. It would take me hours and hours and hours. I've designed my own covers on there, and it would take me days, days to get the measurements right and figure out how to overlay things. And, you know, I'm not a graphic designer. So those are probably my best purchases. Oh, those are good ones. Those are good ones. If you are listening and you are a writer, uh, Vellum is fantastic. I want to say it's $299. Yeah, it's, it's a little pricey, but man, what it does, especially if you're putting together, um, if you're a writer that does a series, it's so easy to package a series together. You just drag and drop your files and you have like a combined file and you can sell your series all boxed together really easy. Yeah, and you can make um, links and you just type in once yep. and then it, it, yes. it puts, once you hit generate, it uh, puts everything in its own folder. So your your file that goes to Amazon goes in a folder. Your file that goes to Kobo okay. goes in a folder. Every store, uh, they have like, I don't know, a bunch of them. You've got them all in their own folder. And I love it so mm -hmm. much, I write in Vellum. Um, so does one of my friends. Yeah, she writes directly in Vellum. Yeah, yeah it's just it's it's cool. e easier for me. Uh, I use Scrivener for years and years. And uh, trying to pro trying to create a, 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 a ebook and a paperback and it was just a nightmare trying to create with them with those so i uh i use everything now i use word for some like for my bella story i use word because i just have each episode in its own individual doc, doc file but my longer books i do in scrivener and then i when i'm done rearranging it all i export it to word do my editing then i take that and i put it in vellum so you know everybody's got the system Oh, everybody so. does. Everybody does. And everybody, you need to use what works best for you. You know, yeah. try everything. Uh, what works for you? Keep doing that. You know, I, I hear people all the time say, well, how do you do it? Maybe I should do it like you do. No, 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 no. Trial and error sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because what works for one person is not going to work for another. Okay. Right. Oh, I want to thank you for coming on today and chatting about yeah. the Genesis machine. It is called the Whee! Genesis machine. And you can go to Kindle on the app uh, on your phone or you can go on the iPad. And when it's time to buy more tokens, uh, run over to Amazon and yeah. sign into your account and buy the tokens there. And you know what? I think I saw that it was like seventeen ninety nine, no seventeen hundred tokens for like fourteen ninety nine or something like that. Oh really? So I just it, know the basic package, the one ninety nine two hundred tokens, which I think is what you get if you buy them directly through Amazon. 
I think if you buy them through the Apple app, it's it's less less tokens for the one ninety nine. But the bigger packages, I don't know because I just do a little bit. Yeah, I'm gonna go look again because uh, I can't remember where I saw that, and I'll put it down in the show notes, and I'll have links to the Genesis machine, and it will take you to the Amazon page, and then all you have to do is sign into your Amazon account and tell it to. Uh, follow so that you can follow the the story and it's every Sunday and Wednesday that they drop what time do they drop uh, I think like at midnight I mean I think maybe for East Coast midnight so maybe 10 o'clock tonight my time you can start reading midnight here in Florida so you gotta <laughs> wait Melissa <laughs> if I wake up in the middle of the night I'm gonna check and see if it's up yet I'll be very excited well that'll be sad because I won't have anything <laughs> yeah, to read while maybe. I make my tea so <laughs> I probably I shouldn't know. do that well, Thank how you can people... so much for having me on. Oh, I was so glad you could come on. And how can people find you if they want to chat with you? Sure. Yeah, I have a website. It's just kjgillenwater.com. And actually, my landing page has my Vela story right there. And you can click on the link right from that page if you want. Um, and also, my other books are on there. Information about me. You can send me a message if you want. I love hearing from people. I have a contact form. I also have a newsletter, so if you just kind of sit there on my website for maybe five seconds, a little box will pop up and you can join my newsletter. And I put on a newsletter once a month, and if there's any special announcements or contests, I might have an extra. But um, I'd love to have more newsletter people. That sounds good. Everybody go and check those things out. And thank you so much for being on, and I can't wait to read tomorrow's episode. <laughs> Oh, thanks so much. See you soon, Melissa. Bye-bye. Thanks, Kristen. Everything we discussed on the show today will be down there on the show notes. If you would like to comment, click on that word comment. It will take you over to the YouTube page, and I will be able to find it easily. We're also on Instagram at books underscore cubed. If you've got any suggestions for books that I must read, or if you're an author and you have a fantastic book that I must read, tell me about it. I need books to read. And that's it. I have another great show for you next week. And until then, go read a good book. <laughs> <laughs>